Welcome to Vicious Talk with Benny P. Exciting episode underway today. We're going to do a reaction pod. Episode 71 is going to be me and my cousin Nick Burrow back on the pod. Nick uh, was a, a very popular guest of mine from a few episodes back. Uh, he's been a few months and we were trying to catch up. We have a lot to unravel here, um, but before we get going, Nick, welcome back, buddy. Thanks, Ben. Always uh, happy to be here, and um, a lot has happened, a lot to talk about, huh? Yeah. I, uh, we've been talking about bringing Nick back on to talk baseball, because, I mean, we're both very very um, unique type of baseball nerds, and uh, <laughs> we just we eat and, and breathe and live the game on our daily basis, and we follow a lot of what's going on in this sport, and... Um, we were initially thinking we were going to do an all-star break type of pod or mid-season breakdown, but honestly, I think our timing couldn't be better now with this episode because there was possibly, a lot of people were saying this, the most exciting and most eventful trade deadline in Major League Baseball history yesterday. And Nick being a Padres fan, yeah. his team was heavily involved in the antics of what went down over the last few days. Oh, and man. I, I I know it didn't really a lot of what happened didn't really turn out to your your you know what you wanted it didn't really happen the way you would liked um, yeah but that's part of what bringing you on here is all about you know we'll give you a space to you know vent your feelings <laughs> we'll give you we'll try to you know soothe soothe your uh, your worries here a little bit the Padres are still in good shape I think and um, just really what happened at the trade deadline if if the rest of the season is anything as eventful or anything as um you know just exciting how that whole few days panned out um i think we're in store for a good rest of the 2021 season but what, what were your yeah. thoughts nick just initial thoughts what were your what, what? were uh, your emotions that came <laughs> through? your line um there's so many different moves that we will talk about i'm sure um, I, I guess I'll just kind of get my Padres thoughts out of the way. Um, obviously, they were, you know, lined up to get Scherzer. Um, it's funny, you know, beginning, I think last time we spoke when we did kind of the pre, uh, preseason, you know, I was talking about how good their starting rotation is. And, they've, you know, they've scuffled a little bit. Snell has not been the Blake Snell that we saw in the postseason. He's not been the Cy Young Award winning yeah. Snell. Um, you know, Danelle Slamet. Paddock's not been good. Um, Danelle Slamet has been on the shelf. He can't be healthy. Uh, Musgrove has been honestly the the brightest light. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's been the savior. Um, you Darvish has been good, but he scuffled his late too, and they just really have a hard time getting into that sixth, seventh inning. Um, I think they lead the league in in um, relief uh, relief innings, um, relief pitchers innings pitched, um, which is not great. <laughs> you, you definitely want your starters going deep into ball games. Um, they've had a lot of injuries, kind of dealing with that. Um, but so, you know, going into the deadline, the idea was, you know, AJ Preller, he's done what he's able to do. He's, you know, he's onboarded just about anybody um, possible. So with Max Scherzer being on the block, it really felt like he was going to be somebody that we went after. And all the initial reports said the Padres were going to, you know, look to bring him on. And there was that tweet that I think it was Ken Rosenthal sent out and it looked like the deal was going to be done. And, you know, for me, the fact that we didn't get him is tough, right? That's, that's tough. But it's the fact that he was able to that Los Angeles was able to bring him on that really hurts because yeah. not only did you not take an opportunity to make your team better and you know focus on an area where your team needs to improve, 
but you allowed the person that's right above you in the standings to get that much better. That's <laughs> oh the part God. that hurts the most. Because for me, if I'm AJ Preller, as soon as I see that the Dodgers are in talks with the Nats for Scherzer, I'm saying, look, I need to go get on the phone, yeah. call the Nats, and give – I need to find out what it's going to take. Because Mackenzie Gore is a top prospect. I don't even know if that guy exists anymore. It, you know, for all the yeah, starting Yeah, I was doing a lot problems, of research on him recently. He, it's unbelievable. Well, apparently he's not even pitching anymore. Like he's not on the AAA roster. He's no. like in Arizona just working on his mechanics. And that's never it's something you want to hear about no, your top prospect. No, he was supposed to be like an ace. Like he, yeah. I thought he was going to come up last year and he just kept not. And this year they have all the starting pitching problems yeah, and he's nowhere really to be worrisome. seen. Yeah, it's so, really worrisome. And it's just it stinks because I I mean frankly I think the Padres have a better farm system than the Dodgers do as far as prospects go you know oh definitely uh, you, AJ you're not is in the minority minority there thinking that yeah so my thing is if your team is struggling to have success from the starting pitching department and you have a Max Scherzer on the block why are you not selling the farm and going all in trying yeah. to make the playoffs they're a third place team in the best division in the National League in my opinion I think the numbers might support that. They're right now if the season ended today, they would still make a playoff spot. But like, why in the world are you not going all out in a one game playoff scenario? What avoid that? I, Win yeah, the division. I mean, really, how many guys in the league, how many guys in the league would you pick? So you got the one game wild card game. You got must win. You know, you win yeah. or go home. You got that one game. How many pitchers would you pick ahead of Max Scherzer to start that game for you? DeGrom. In the league. DeGrom. DeGrom. That's what I that's, that's, what that's I thought kind of it. Exactly. It's exactly That's it. my thoughts. It's yeah. not Walker Bueller. I, I mean, I, 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 I like Verlander, but Verlander is yeah. not to be seen this right. year, maybe. There, I mean, intensity-wise, is he the most feared pitcher on the mound? Exactly. I mean, maybe like a prime Chris Sale or maybe, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But Scherzer, like he's the guy. He is yeah. the dude. And the, the fact that, you know, there – there was some speculation and that's of like, what you're oh, staring at right now as a Padres fan. You're staring yeah. at a wild card matchup against the Dodgers facing Max Scherzer. Yeah, but okay. So here's something interesting. I want your uh, I want your take on. So there's two things that come to mind. Pre deadline, if you had asked me this pre deadline, I would have had the same answer. But it is a little bit more interesting. I think the Trey Turner piece hurts more than the Scherzer piece. My and here's exactly. why. <laughs> exactly. Here's why. Because one, I'm not so sure that Scherzer is going to re-sign with the Dodgers. Yeah. Two, the Padres, if you look at the numbers, they handle Scherzer pretty well. Earlier mm-hmm. in the season when the Nats came to town, they beat up on Scherzer pretty well. Yeah, I remember I'm, that. Anything can happen in a one-game playoff, but this is what I'll say. I fear the Dodgers more in a three- or five-game series. Uh, let's say five. I know three was like the weird wildcard thing last year. Um, I fear the Dodgers more in a five-game series than two in a one-game series. Yeah. Anything can happen, baby. Especially with a team like the Padres that feeds off each other, they might hit six homers in game. They have that kind of ability. Yeah, I agree with you there. Five homers. Tatis goes deep twice, and they're partying in the dugout. I like that. But a five-game series against the Dodgers, I I don't like that. (laughs) They have too many weapons. They're too good of a team. And Trey Turner absolutely kills the Padres. Kills Trey Turner is so good. He's He's unbelievable. I can't believe that he was just like this player tossed into this trade. It's Unbelievable! Like the, the whole day was like Max Scherzer is gonna get traded. Max Scherzer is this, this like Javi Baez, this Chris Bryant, that like, dude, the best player that might have been traded yesterday might be Trey Turner. It might. It's probably Trey Turner. He's an X factor in center field. He's an X factor at shortstop. He's an X factor at the top of your lineup. He so is. Good. 
And I, I guarantee you, Seager's not getting re-signed next year. He's going to be the shortstop yeah, for the Dodgers. He's out the door year. now. And but Done. you know that what's weird is you have this now. You have these, you know, two or three months that you know might end up playing to the the Padres' favor. Where Trey Turner, I heard that report a few weeks ago, or was it last week, where he said he didn't want to change positions. He didn't. He didn't want to. He didn't want to move out of shortstop. But I don't <sighs> think. I don't think the Dodgers would be bold enough to move Seager out of shortstop at this point. I don't know. I don't think you move so Seager. I mean, like, also, where do you put him? Yeah. Second? I, he's never played another position. Turner has. Trey Turner, he's yeah. played center field. He came up as a and center a, fielder. Well, as a he was a shortstop good. his whole – yeah. But he yeah. played center field for like one or two seasons when the yeah. – uh, who did the Nationals have there over him? I can't remember who that was. But they had a, a shortstop. Short? They it had was, a shortstop uh, yeah, when was he first a, came um, up. Veteran guy, I think. I yeah, it was a veteran. It was – was it Hardy or no? It was um, um, I can't remember. But he came Hardy's, up and they had a shortstop. I, I, yeah, I, I think Hardy might have finished his career with the the Twins or I can't remember. Yeah, oh, he's jumped um, around a bunch. But the point is, like Tr- Turner's moves around a little bit, so they're gonna have to ask him to you know play second base probably, maybe a little bit of center field. Um, and, and well, the, who's the, playing the, center field for him now? Is it Bell- uh, Bellinger's good? Bellinger's a good center fielder. Bellinger's He's also hitting 150. Yeah, exactly. I, I was at the game first last, night. last couple nights. Oh, you were. I was at the game last night. It was a great game, by the way, between Diamondbacks and Dodgers. Great game. They they the Diamondbacks walked beat it off them, right? in the tenth. Yeah, they walked it off in the tenth. <laughs> great game. Wow. It, yeah, Gallon for the D backs threw fantastic, and then the D backs have no bullpen. I told my my wife Bridget, I was, it was like the fifth or sixth inning. She's like, I can't believe we're gonna lose to the D backs, and I was like, look. The, the D-backs have – they just traded away their closer. They have nobody in the bullpen. I can name you one – I can name you one one reliever for them. Uh, it was Tyler Clippard. I don't know anybody else who pitches out of the bullpen <laughs> for the Diamondbacks. Like, yeah. they're, they're terrible at, 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 in their bullpen. And I think they're wor- – I think their bullpen's worst in, um, in in baseball in terms of uh, war. But the Dodgers, they – they looked like a team. They look like a team that's just pacing for the playoffs at this point. And yeah, it's tough to, it's tough to uh, imagine how this is going to play out because you're right in the sense that the NOS is probably and it's, it's we're not really making a, a major bold some sort of hot prediction. The NOS is the best division in baseball. Like yeah. those are the three best teams, three of the best five or six teams at least in in Agreed. the sport. Yeah. And what's funny is you have the D-backs who are the worst team, and then the Rockies who can't figure out who they are. The Rockies, yeah, have, what the what it, were they doing? I don't know what. They, dude, what were I they don't, doing? I can't figure out what their ownership is doing. They traded do they, they trade away Arenado last yeah. offseason, and then yeah. they refused to trade Story with the report that or, oh we're happy gray. with the compensation pick or Gray. Like what? What yeah. they're like? Oh yeah, we want to re-sign Gray or give him a qualifying offer, dude. That guy. That guy. He has the, the the major scent of a, 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 a contract year pitcher, where he you know he he knows he's a free agent at the end of the season, and he's pitching better than he ever has in his career this season, which isn't I mean yeah. it's not saying much. He hasn't really done much in his for career. Colorado, yeah, yeah. I mean, for Colorado, it's decent. But he but is like, having no, a decent yeah. season. Yeah, he's having a decent yeah. season. I, I can't. And, I don't. I don't know what they're doing. In that I mean, a smart I organization. A smart organization who is doing nothing going nowhere this year with a pitcher at a peak value that has never approached this type of value Sell like, zone for him. a stud for yeah. a stud go you, like, they could have got a good your, prospect for yeah set your prices is. high somebody who's gonna get 50 homers a year at coors or something and yeah. rewrite the playbook like trevor story he's not doing you any favors that guy's not playing that well either yeah he's not yeah have it. Get i out of there it it's, was, a, it's it, a weird decision it was, perplexing what they what their yeah. decisions were yesterday but i don't going, know what, 
real quick, going back to the Dodgers, I is they have some injuries going around. Is Seager on the shelf? He just came back yesterday. First game back. Okay. Okay. And, and you so, know, look, if I'm a Padres fan, that might be the best deadline addition that the Dodgers made. Seager, look, he he, oh, had a, yeah. he had a quiet game yesterday, but he was just missing pitches. I was I had great seats. I was right behind the D-backs dugout. Um, okay. It was pretty pretty surprising. It's kind of funny being in Arizona because the D-backs suck so much that you'll find great deals on on incredible seats. So <laughs> Last time like, I went to a game at Chase Field, I was right behind the first yeah, base. I you know, you, you like pay like 75 bucks. bucks. You pay like, yeah, I paid, I paid 70 else. something bucks for seats like right behind the dugout. Like I was perfect seats. And yeah. um, Seager looks like he's a little bit rusty, but he was right on pitches. He he was just missing them. And I just, I was telling Bridget, it's, it's, Two guys that on the that were on the on the Dodgers that just ha- I have incredibly differing opinions about is Bellinger and Seager because you look at the yeah. way they hit up close like that. Seager is the if you were to teach your kid how to hit the way he moves his hips and his lower half yeah. and then brings his hands so short to the baseball. That's how you would te- so quick. teach a kid it's how efficient. to hit. It's, yeah, Bellinger is the exact opposite. Yeah, he's a freak, but he doesn't look like he looks. You know what Bellinger looks like these days? He looks like somebody trying to hit like Cody Bellinger. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he looks like a high school kid who's just like he's got, trying like, to remember Cody how, he, how yeah. You remember how he's trying to remember how he got that MVP award? Right. It's like, like how do I catch up to fastballs again? It's like, dude, if I, <laughs> I saw that, Bridget if I didn't, yeah, I if I didn't Bridget. see, right, if I had never seen Cody Bellinger hit before, and I'm working with this guy, like, like I know what I'm talking about. I'd be like, dude. You're way too like you need to be way shorter to the ball. You're getting beat by ninety four. Like yeah. let's re. What I would some tell things. him. What I would tell him is if he doesn't want to change the way he's hitting, then stop being late on everything, anything. Because be, because what I would say is, look, you're gonna look bad on some off speed pitches. You're gonna swing at some balls in the dirt, but you should just take that Joey Batista, the uh, Jose Batista uh, approach. Where I remember when he was with the Blue Jays. He had like a ten-year career where he was nobody. He couldn't he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn right. with Pittsburgh, and then he goes to Toronto, and Vernon Wells tells him, <laughs> "Dude, why are you late on anything? Just be early. Be early. Yeah, just every sell out. Time. Just sell just out. Just be early." Yeah. And that's what Bellinger yeah. should do, in my opinion. He should just be early on every pitch and yeah. just pull everything. And that's probably what's going to end up happening. Right yeah, it's probably what's going to end up happening next year. It just sucks because. Um, it just seems like he was such a dynamic hitter. Like the guy was hitting yeah. 315, 320, like hitting it to the other, the opposite he, field and then pulling yeah. balls down the line. He it's like, like a slow pitch softball player. He really does. Just li- like absolutely everything into it. He's just, his timing, I don't He's know. so long. He's so He's long. so and, and long. His yeah. front foot, I ha- in the angle I had yesterday, clearly his front foot is not getting down in time. He's no. late. He's late. Yeah. He walks. He he was right on a fastball and he popped it up to the to the third base side and I think the third baseman caught it for a foul out and those those outs are so frustrating but he walked himself yeah. into getting jammed like he was right, right on the pitch like he he put a good swing on it but he walked into it and jammed himself because he walked into the pitch like he he moved his head drops like yeah. like three or four inches when he swings yeah and can't he see the ball heavy, he takes a heavy a really heavy front stride uh, head, uh, forward stride when he swings and his hands are so long like there's just so many things wrong with his swing that it's like dude just start guessing because you're you're incredible yeah. he he's incredibly gifted as an athlete like just start guessing and you'll run into pitches and you'll hit maybe 225 right. but you'll start hitting home runs and you'll start slugging better. yeah like, give the at least get the confidence back yeah um 
One last thing on San Diego, if as if things weren't worse, I don't know if you saw, but Tatis is headed to the IL. Yeah. Um, oh, he is on the IL. I saw he yeah. partially dislocated his shoulder again. Yeah, I mean, I think he'll be okay. I, I don't think this is the last we'll see of him. It's a lingering um, injury. this year. That, yeah, it's lingering. Have they said that he's, he's looking at a surgery in the offseason or something? He's definitely going to need a surgery to repair that because otherwise it's just going to keep coming out. The way he plays, um, it that's not sustainable. But I, I think it's no big deal. I think that after his, this little IL stint, um, he'll be okay and he'll probably finish the year. I mean, if I'm the Padres, look, you gotta, you gotta, at this point, like go sign Cole Hamels or something and like see what you can do. Um, you gotta run with what you got and hope that you can, you know, swing your way out of a fi- out of a one game playoff with the Dodgers. Um, yeah. And hope that your team hangs on, like the Reds don't catch up to you or something. Um, yeah. One last note, actually, on the Dodgers, I wanted to mention, isn't um, Turner, uh, doesn't he have COVID? How yeah, long... he has COVID. They, they said they were anticipating him. They're hoping that he could play next week, but he, yeah, okay. he has COVID. Okay. All yeah. right, so they have some time to kind of work out the whole Seager thing. Um, one team that I wanted to hear your thoughts on, what in the heck are the Yankees doing? What? Yeah, I, dude, <laughs> it, I don't know. And before we go to the Yankees, I just want to say I, I did like the Padres' addition of Adam Frazier, and, yeah. and I do like I do like Daniel Hudson. I thought both acquisitions were underrated. I'll get I'll talk I'll I mean, I'll I'll get to your Yankees question in a sec. I just wanted to say those things because before yeah, we move they're... on, I did want to give your team a little credit because Frazier is gonna move nicely into the second base and, and outfield role where sometimes they've had they've had a few injuries in the outfield, so they're they're gonna have guys you know moving in and out there. But now they'll probably have Cronenworth playing shortstop. With Tatis out, they're able to put Frazier at second. When everybody's healthy, I think what you're going to see is Hosmer gets a little bit less playing time, which is probably a good thing. He's been struggling a lot this year. Um, he has. Yeah, they so, got to offboard him, man. I mean, yeah. they got lucky with, you know, that's the one silver lining in a way uh, financially with not getting Scherzer's that you, Scherzer, is that now you stay below the luxury tax um, mm-hmm. because of Hosmer's massive contract. Nobody can move him. But now mm-hmm. it's kind of awkward, you know? It's got to be awkward for these guys you know, Hosmer is getting paid a lot of money, and I just yeah. got to imagine a vet like that. I mean, he's he kind of like, like an a Adrian. positive dude, though. He does seem I like think he's, he's a, positive he's a good dude. locker room guy. I, I definitely think he's a good locker room guy. It's just like I fear that, you know, the idea of like, look, this team's trying to been trying to move me. They weren't able to move me. Now I'm not going to play as much. It's just got to be tough. Um, yeah. You hope that he can I'm stay professional and, and just kind of, you know, continue to help the team and do whatever he can to get, you know, get them to the playoffs and, and do whatever it takes. Cause you're right. Adam Frazier gives you, you know, Cronenworth can play first base. He plays a good first yeah. base. Well, I'll tell you the Padres rank 16th in w- wins above replacement at first base out of the, out of the guys that put in at first base, they're getting negative 0.3 war out of the first baseman this year. So what you'll see is probably some improvement upon that. You'll probably see Cronenworth hopping in at first base when everybody's healthy. Frazier at second, they are good at second base. They're third. Um, I think in second base war, but yeah, Cronenworth has been – Cronenworth was one of the – It's he might go down as one of the better deals in team history. Who, who I mean, he was an add-on him? piece. Who did they, they traded um, Mejia That was and, the, in the uh, Tommy Pham trade, right? Yeah. Um, maybe it was. was They've it the had Renfro? a couple of deals. Was it Renfro for Tommy Pham and, and Cronenworth? 
It might have been. They had multiple deals with Tampa Bay yeah, close Patino to each other. Patino went over there once. Patino, and then, yeah. It was one of those deals with Snell. They got Snell Blake Snell. And, yeah. I don't, right. I, you're right. I don't know. They, There's they made two separate deals. He was in one of them, and, but and he was an add-on guy. I'll get, look, I'll give the Padres credit about this. Tampa Bay is one of those teams you don't ever want to trade with. They win every trade. They, they have participated in. And it seems yeah. like the Padres have you really stole Cronenworth from them. So that's pretty cool. Um all right, let me touch on your Yankees topic. Steal. Because... Snell, uh, it's a bummer. I really want Snell to be better. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Snell's Go a tough ahead. one. All right, let me touch Let me touch on your Yankees topic because I do have some thoughts on this. And really, it's what it came down to is it seemed like the Yankees farm system didn't have enough depth to acquire these big-name pitchers that they were looking at. They, You look at the guys mm-hmm. that teams gave up for the, the Barrios, the Kyle Gibson, the Max Scherzer. The Yankees had nobody available in their farm system besides J- Jason Dominguez who I think is untouchable for the Yankees. And I think that they just didn't have the guys to get those, get those pitchers. Right. So that was obviously their glaring weakness and they didn't have, they didn't have the ability to, to acquire those guys. So they went out and they steered into, they steered into what the, what the Yankees do. And they just got the big bats. they got the Bronx bombers back. Yeah. The Rizzo and the Gallo editions are odd. They're odd fits. You know, they're not necessarily getting any, any more athletic in New York. Which was it seemed to be their one of their bigger weaknesses with athleticism and versatility in their position players. But look, you're not Rizzo is a great player. Gallo is a great player. It, it they're good additions, but I don't see how you know adding adding players to something that you're already good at is going to give you yeah. debt. I don't know. They're in a tough division. The Blue Jays added Barrios, who's another great addition at the trade deadline. The yep. Red Sox added Schwarber, Hansa Robles to their bullpen. Like the their division is tough, and the Yankees are probably baseball's most disappointing team this year so far. Yeah, so it seems like. I, yeah, I don't know. It, it seems like they're trying to really swing their way into the playoffs. I'll say this for Gallo. Um, there, it, it's funny. It does seem like kind of an odd fit, but if you look a little bit closer, this is, I was reading a little bit about it. And one thing that stood out to me is there's a couple things. Um, the Yankees don't, they didn't have any, you know, lefty bats. It didn't seem like. Yeah. That was um, the thing that people were talking about. The lefty, yeah. The so they add two. And also we're talking about how they're have in New York. Right. They're also talking about their outfield defense was bad. Gallo for a big guy is pretty good. He, he pretty won good the glove last year or two, yeah. two years ago. It's a good defender. Yeah. yeah. Something like but that. now it looks like they're going to put, they're gonna put Giancarlo Stanton in the outfield. Yeah, I don't know what their what their deal is, but here's this is one of the most interesting a, he's, stats. He's made of glass. He, he's gonna get yeah. injured if he plays. Oh yeah, of course he is. Um, one of the most interesting stats I've ever seen. Um, Gallo in the last, I want to say like five years or something like that, has only hit into nine double plays. Really. Nine double plays. The Yankees. He's a modern hitter. He doesn't hit ground balls. No, he either strikes out, walks, or hits a dong. Like, I mean, and obviously in that ballpark, that's going to, that'll play. Like, if you just get the head out a little bit. I mean, honestly, same as Rizzo. I mean, the guy chokes up and tries to pull the ball. He gets right on top of the plate. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to be a good hitter in New York, too. So. I yeah. thought okay, so the additions make sense in this in the idea that you know the Yankees added two great left-handed hitters, and that's going to help them right. on their offensive side. But on the pitching side, they just added they added Andrew Heaney, and they didn't make any bullpen additions. And so yeah. I'll tell you right now, Andrew, I'm an Angels fan. I've watched Andrew Heaney for for many years now. He's not <laughs> a difference maker in your pitching. Position. He's not, <laughs> yeah. especially this season. He's he's got like 
he he's got less zip on his fastball. He's throwing about two or three miles per hour slower than he normally does in the yeah. last month or two. He's he's his fastball velocity has dipped, and when when he needs fastball is not getting outs, that's when he mm-hmm. runs into trouble because that's his. Joe Madden was saying this all season long with with Heaney. He wanted Heaney to rely more on his fastball, and he had been, and he was getting some success, but he's so inconsistent because. He, if he's not locating that pitch and if he's not throwing it by hitters, he's he's not effective, and he hasn't been yeah. effective for a, a month or two now. So, yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, New York is going to be having some high scoring games the rest of the way. I mean, they yeah, I and mean, they got a they lot have of work a great to lineup, do. and they have poor pitching. They and and their bullpen is a major issue. Chapman has right. seemingly had a, a, the most the most the biggest meltdown that any reliever has had this season. I mean, he yeah he, he somehow he, he's no longer effective. And then Chad Green, who they thought was some sort of godsend for a month or two, he looks very human the last month or so now. He's been terrible, and they thought he was going to be able to replace Chapman. Like, they have nobody out of the bullpen that you can rely on. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, they're going to have a lot of high-scoring games. They're going to have to hit their way out of, out of you know, deficits. Yeah, they're going to have a hard time. They're really going to have to try to beat up on Seattle, who also, in my opinion, they got better. Um I think Seattle is an interesting team. They added Diego Castillo. Um, yeah. Look, I'll tell you right now, the Mariners, the Mariners GM, Jerry DePoto, he was an angel for a long time. And the trades that he made were, they were so Jerry DePoto, like right in that vein of his. He just likes to pull the trigger on so many trades. And it, honestly, I like the addition of Diego Castillo. Tyler Anderson was okay. Abraham Toro, I guess. I mean, he was a prize prospect a few years ago, but he hasn't really done anything. They traded Graveman, who was one of the best pitchers in the AL this season so far, and Rafael Montero, who was their big offseason addition, who's pitched like shit this year. So it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a net, maybe a net p- positive, barely, but the, it seems yeah, like yeah. it was the, it was making trades for the sake of making trades for me. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean... It, you're right. I think you're right. It's, it's, it's interesting. I don't know. It seems like the biggest splashes kind of happened on, uh, in the national league, in my opinion, um, kind of wrapping up with the Yankees. It's they're Go ahead. Well, I don't know. I, I, the biggest, the biggest mover and shaker Uh, at the deadline was the Cubs. (laughs) So you're right. Coming out of the national league. Unbelievable. I, it's just what a well, difference that lineup, that lineup could not be. Yeah, that, them too. I mean, you know what I'll say that I really like is I really like Bryant going to San Francisco. Obviously, as a Padres fan, I don't. But yeah. the Giants, and it's funny, you were talking about the money ball thing, kind of talking about, you know, what the Red Sox did, what the Rays have done, what um, the Dodgers have kind of, you know, quote unquote perfected. Um the Giants, I don't know. I mean, I haven't looked closely enough at, like, their salaries and what they've done. I mean, obviously, they have a lot of, um, you know, impressive performances for, you know, not a lot of budget because you have some guys that aren't making a ton of money, you know, being impact players. But the Giants are sort of like the exception to the rule in that they have a lot of veteran guys just absolutely stepping up. I mean, Buster Posey and Brandon Crawford seem to think yeah. it's 2014 again. These guys- <laughs> Dude, my whole preview for the Giants before the preseason was like, oh, the veterans are going to pass it to the, the younger, the younger generation. <laughs> yeah. It's like, bro, the, that veteran crew does not want to pass the belt yet. Crawford and Posey are having like career seasons. And then they're, but the biggest surprise for the Giants has been their pitching. I mean, Kevin Gaussman, he might win the National League Cy Young Award if DeGrom doesn't come back. He's he, been hurt. DeGrom's he been very hurt much, right? Yeah, Gaussman and awesome. uh, um, 
And who's the other guy that's really good? Uh, Desclafini? Is that is that how yeah, you say Desco, it? Um, Desclafani uh, or something like that. Yeah. Fani. Yeah. He's been he's been um, he's been good too. Um, but I mean, Gosman. I know second half he's kind of struggled a little bit, but yeah, like total. You know, the whole the whole season and looking the at that, like the Giants is great. The bullpen's been unbelievable. I, I they they're the most thorn in the side um team that i've that i've seen this year they're just so surprising and it's something so in the effective. water it's something in the water in the bay area because it seems like it's literally the same kind of um team chemistry that the oakland a's seem to practice too it's like that same like yeah. weird overachieving type thing where you got these guys that you know on paper don't really seem like they would mesh as a, as a, a you know a, a, a elite team like they don't really seem like they would be a top tier team but they just yep. win ball games. They find ways to win. Oakland's the they're same gritty. way. I mean, they add, Oakland made some additions that prove that they're really trying to make a push themselves. I mean, they added Starling Marte, setting possibly the biggest prospect to move this you know, tr- trade deadline in Jesus Lazardo, someone who's kind of fallen out of favor the last season or so. Um, having some injuries, you know, some poor performances. He moved to the bullpen briefly. Looks like he's going to try to move back to the starter role. But he was a big prospect coming up when uh, a couple years ago. He's a, he's a good pitcher, and they traded him for Starling Marte out of Miami. Uh, he's a good player. He's a he's a good power speed guy. And then they added Jan Gomes, a veteran catching presence. Who I I always love adding veteran catchers at the deadline. You know these guys. Oh yeah, Gomes Gomes is, is already a World Series champion. Uh, winning the, the the World Series with the Nationals in 2019, and then they got added Josh mm-hmm. Harrison, who's a gamer, someone who's he's always gonna he's one of those like um, just overachieving, always gonna play hard kind of players. And then oh, hard nosed. They had a big country, Andrew Chafin, great left handed, great left handed reliever. So mm-hmm. look, Oakland and San Francisco both making incredibly subtly excellent trades at the deadline. I mean, a lot of people yeah. were looking at their competitors and the Dodgers and, um, you know, what other teams added, you know, the, the Braves made a lot of moves. The The Mets acquired Javi Baez. Braves did get a lot of moves. Yeah. The, uh, the big, the big movers, I think that acquired some, some of their major, like the giants and the A's both seem to address their, their weaknesses and knew exactly what they were going for um, at the trade deadline. I like both. I like both those teams at, the, at what, what they decided to do uh, with, with the, yeah. that they made. No, yeah, I think the Braves are, are a good team to uh, to kind of highlight. They're in sort of a weaker division. Um, they could make a move. I mean, they've dealt with a ton of injuries, obviously Acuna being, you know, the big one. Yeah. Um, but they've kind of addressed it. I mean, they, they added um, – Well, I mean, they added four mediocre outfielders. I mean, just four <laughs> four outfielders. Soler, Acuna, yeah, Duvall. Soler, like Duvall, Eddie Vogt. Rosario, and Jock Peterson. Yeah. And they added both. Um, You're right, the catcher. Yeah, um, but I did yeah, like Richard Rodriguez. Rodriguez is a good pitcher, right? Um, yeah, so, I don't know. I mean, like I said, it's a it's a weak division. Uh, they're gonna have to, I don't know, figure out something... a way to beat the Mets. If the Mets yeah. don't get Degrom back, then I think honestly anything can happen. Um, yeah. The Mets obviously did get better at the deadline as well. Um, yeah. So it, you know, we'll it see. Does feel like it does feel like the Braves are one of those teams, like in basketball, where this year you had all those teams getting injured, like the Nets were without Kyrie Irving and then an injured James Harden. Like the Braves don't have Acuna, they don't have um, what's the pitcher's name, Soroka. They like they have all these injured players that like when you're not at your best, it's hard mm-hmm. to see, especially with this many great competitors. So many teams improved at the trade deadline. It's hard to see that if you're not at your best, how the Braves are going to make a push for the World Series again. Um, 
they did they were so close last right. year beating being the Dodgers in the NLCS and I, I just the, the, I know the National I can't League has gotten so competitive I don't know that they're going to be able to make another postseason play yeah what about did we talk about the White Sox oh dude the White Sox are stupid rich in in the bullpen I mean yeah the their Two bullpen closers? is I mean, you, their their start their starters only need to go five innings, and they might have That's one it. of the best starting staffs in the league. So, I mean, this pitching staff that they put together is unbelievable right now. Hendricks and Kimbrel, I, I saw some, and they, and they also have uh, was, they have Kopich. Who cares? Yeah. yeah, they they got um, and then they got uh uh what's his name um that guy from the Cubs Palmer? um Ryan oh, Tapera. Tapera. Yeah, he's, um, he's a stud too. Tapera. It's just it's it's yeah. fireball after yeah, but, fireball pitcher out of their bullpen. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of they remind me of the Rays um, last year. Um, yeah. Just all like, those guys yeah, like throwing that. absolute cheddar, <laughs> just yeah. dominating out of that bed. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> they no they weakness. yeah they probably had the best starting rotation as well um, yeah. at one point. I mean Lance Lynn's the AL Cy Young probably right now. Yeah, and you got Giolito who's a stud. And you mm-hmm. got Ro- Ro- uh, Rodon, who's already got a no hitter under his belt, throwing like the the I don't know. He's been he's made some sort of crazy jump where he's throwing almost 100 miles an hour with wicked off speed pitches. Yeah, he's been incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. they have uh, Keuchel who won a Cy Young what like five years ago. He's he's been adequate this year, but I mean, they barely need a fourth or fifth guy. Like it's, it's right. This bullpen is they could throw bullpen. They get they they could have a postseason bullpen, bullpen games. game. Yeah, it would be fine. It's not, yeah. yeah. I mean, the Padres tried to do that last year and we saw what happened there. It just didn't, you know, doesn't work out. You you can't have uh, Zach Davies being your, your horse uh, game one in, in a five, in a five game series against the, the world champs. So, uh, but it's definitely a different story out there in Chicago. They have just absolute horse after horse after horse. Um, so that'll be interesting. I, I mean, these deals, what this is it's hard to say in baseball like best of all time but my goodness this deadline might just be the best one we've ever seen and there's so many trades that we still haven't even talked about we're 45 minutes into the podcast we got we didn't talk about jose barrios and brad hand going to the blue jays we got eduardo Escobar going to the brewers kyle gibson ian kennedy going to philadelphia nelson cruz going to tampa bay it's just it, it, uh, Javi it's Baez. It's hard to keep track of them all. Javi yeah. Baez going to New York, like it's an incredible deadline. Incredible. Yeah, I'm really excited Baez to see plays that. second Baez. base. Yeah, Baez will play second. Yeah, yeah Lindor stayed short. Baez mm-hmm. Baez has played second and third in his career. Um, he's yeah. I know he's kind of settled in at shortstop in Chicago over the last season or two, but he's he's uh got positional versatility for sure. And Lindor's I think only ever played shortstop. So right, right. Yeah, no, it's 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 the list goes on, like you said. Um, it's hard to keep track of them all, to be I frank know. with you. It's hard to keep track of them all. It's, I think the easier thing is to try to keep track of the the teams and the standings because it almost seems like the way this season has gone, like there's been a couple of jumps here and there. Um, National League West, I know the Padres are on top for a little while. Uh, Giants kind of came back and, and did their thing. It almost seems like it's going to be one of those deals where Who's going to be there at the end of the year? And then obviously, as you know, Benny, anything can happen in the postseason. Anything yeah. can happen in the postseason. And uh, going back to the wild card format where we get the one-game playoff, the division the division winners are, are – it's a big deal to win your division again this year. Yeah, There's no huge advantage. series. There's no 
there's no room for air in that wild card game. So you really want to yep. avoid avoid that. Uh, and we're you know we're what like seventy percent, sixty something percent of the way through the season. Uh, most actually we're a little bit further. I think most teams over a hundred games, hundred five or so games. Um, we still got you know the AL East uh, is, is the Red Sox and Tampa Bay. They're separated by a half a game. The, uh, the National League is incredibly competitive. The Mets are up by just three and a half games over the Phillies. Braves are four games back. Brewers, they kind of have that division in hand, seven games up. Then the NL West, we've been talking about heavily. I mean, Dodgers are three games back from uh, San Francisco, and then the Padres are still five and a half games back. So it's really just, it's going to be a wild ride to the to game 162. And I would not be surprised. I remember back in like, what, 2011 or so, like maybe a decade ago, ago where we had that game 162 where like Evan Longoria hit the walk off. Yeah. Um, there was like all that, you know, all that movement in the last day of the season. I would not be surprised to see something like that happen again this year. Just so much competitiveness across the sport. Yeah. And it seems like there, the story of the trade deadline was the have and the have nots. I mean, there's really like, there's maybe a, a bundle of five or six teams, seven teams tops in each, each league, the American league and the national league that, you know, Notice that they have an opportunity to contend this year and they made the push and everybody else kind of stood back and let that happen and just be like, all right, we're, this is an out right. here. We either are going to make marginal moves or we're going to start selling uh, all of our, you know, rental players, our big name players that we could get some prospects for because um, some of the teams at the bottom really just like gave up. They really just like the Cubs. Just they, the Cubs, I think, were so happy that they started losing ball games a few like last month because they were they had went on that like that fifteen game stretch or twenty game stretch where they were like one of the best teams in baseball, and then they just lost what like fifteen in a row. So I think they were really yeah. really thrilled that they could do this selling. Um, because this <laughs> this clearly was their strategy all season long. Like they wanted to sell right. all their all their offense in one go at the trade deadline and uh they accomplished that i mean it hopefully for cubs fans <laughs> this was the this was the culture this was the core team that won their their two their 2016 championship the team that broke the curse and they sold them off and we'll see if the next generation of cubs players will be able to bring them some more success but yeah it was it, it really was the have and the have nots this trade deadline for sure yeah no it's it's um it, you know, one thing that I always kind of look at after the deadline when it's kind of tight like this is forward. You know, right? I have Giants going forward. It's like playing, you know, you quite a few first place teams, a couple good second place teams uh, down the stretch. I know, you know, as a Padres fan, I was talking about how, you know, a, that one game playoff is super, um, I don't know, you can fear it, you can look forward to it. I think for them, you kind of want to avoid it, but I, it's just one of those things. Um, you know, they have some teams that the, you know, the Potters have some teams that they can try to beat up on down the stretch. Um, they, they're going to have to do with the Astros. They play the Astros well. And whenever they play interleague play, they have some games they can, you know, um, make up against the Dodgers and the Giants as you do, you know, towards the end of the season. Um, the Giants have a tough go. I think the Giants have a tough go. I mean, they have some games they can clean up against the Rockies, but they're going to have to deal with the Brewers. Um, they can beat up on the Cubs. Who knows what the Braves look like going forward? Um, but I think you always have to kind of be mindful of who these teams got down the stretch in uh, late August and, and September to see what's going to happen in that one game, that uh, 162, like you mentioned. Yeah. All right. Let me, let me, let's have a little exercise here. All right. I'm going to give you, we're going to start with the American League. We're going to start with the American League. 
We're going to look okay. at the wild card standings here because in, 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 in all indications, it seems like the really the only division that's up for grabs in the American League is going to be the AL East between Boston and Tampa Bay. Yep. And I think right. that the, the, the loser of the AL East is going to get the number one wild card spot. So it looks like Tampa Bay or Boston is going to have that first slot in the wild card game. It, unless one falls off, unless like there's injuries or there's just a major drop off somehow. Um, but I don't really see that happening. So let's assume that there's one wild card spot up for grabs. And right now, Oakland has that okay. spot. I'm going to list you right. five teams, okay? I'm going to list you five teams, and you tell me if one of these teams has a chance to take overtake Oakland and, and grab that second spot, okay? okay? Seattle, Seattle, the New York Yankees, Toronto Blue Jays, the Cleveland Indians, or the LA Angels. And, I, mean, I think, you, I know, I, I'm trying to be optimistic for the Angels, but I mean, you, two of those teams don't belong, right? Cleveland and, and LA, right? Yeah. I, um, look, my heart wants to say the Angels. <laughs> I know. I, I love you, who, for like, it, but yeah, I love you. I for just, it, but I, I, it's it's hard to be optimistic about their chances this year. So let's break it down to Seattle, New York, and Toronto. Um, I, I think see, I mean Seattle. We already kind of talked touched on on them and and what they were what they did. Did you it's know Seattle has a negative a negative fifty four run differential? Negative fifty four. Really? You know Detroit has a better run differential than them. Detroit's negative wow. 51. Seattle has a negative 54 run differential. It just tells you they've won a lot of close games. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm going to go with uh, – I think I'm going to go with Toronto. Um, I, I mean, obviously – Interesting pick I, I, because I was about I'm, to tell you, Toronto has a plus 103. So they're 103 in the, in the positive. Yeah, they're the only yeah. team that's out of the playoff picture with a positive run differential, and they—that's not just positive. Like they have the the third best run differential in the sport. They're they're wow. the le- they have the best run differential in the AL East. Oh no, sorry, Tampa Bay does, plus one hundred seven. Red Sox are plus fifty four. It's not a, it's not an end all be all stat, but it's an interesting yeah. it's an interesting one. It kind of yeah, tells I you like the, I, the margin of victories in their in right. Their games. I like Toronto. Um, I really like uh, Vlad Jr. I think he's kind of an X factor player might carry them he's been swinging it well obviously all year dude i'm a i'm a big bichette guy i love i love yeah i like bichette too yeah um i don't i I, we talked about the yankees i don't think they have the pitching to get it done um obviously they know that and they just didn't have the capital or you know the prospects to onboard anybody that was you know lucrative to them um i think uh, on paper i want to say seattle i i don't know they just seem like an organization that just doesn't really get it done um, I mean, Seattle they did the Cano thing. Attitude to their team this year, like they're yeah. really edgy, really like they just kind of. That's I think that's what's fueling their success this year. Because who the hell thought we'd be a hundred plus games into the season with Seattle winning over fifty three percent of their games, almost fifty four percent of their games? Yeah, they're two I, games back, they're 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 right. the they're the team that's just under Oakland. So yeah, it's, I, I don't know. I, I mean, agree I with like you, though. If I had to pick one of those three teams, I, I'd go with Toronto myself. I'm going to go with Toronto just because I think I like Oakland and I think they might be able to fend off uh, Seattle, Um, you know, with those games in the schedule, they're going to play each other at least probably three more times. I don't know. I haven't looked. Um, That's going to be a tough hump to get over. As long as Oakland beats up on Seattle down the stretch, it's going to be a real tough go for them to to sneak in. Oakland got a lot better. We talked about that already. They did get a lot better. They pushed, they pushed the chips all in. Yeah. I know I, I like Toronto right. too, and, yeah. and really one of the most underrated acquisitions of the deadline. That trade between Toronto and Minnesota was very interesting. 
They acquired an ace pitcher that the ace that they needed really in Jose Barrios because Ryu hasn't been mm-hmm. his, his dominant self. He's been he's been all right this season, but he has not been dominant. And then Robbie Ray's been hit or miss all all year long. Like their starting staff has been very questionable. Um, right. And they acquired one of the best starting arms to move, probably second behind Max Scherzer, to move this trade deadline. I mean, yeah. Barrios is very good and. I I, I I wonder about his effectiveness sometimes because I don't love that he, he throws his curveball more than anybody else in baseball. And it's a mm-hmm. wicked curveball. It's a good pitch. But I just I, I wonder like how effective you could be when you rely on an off-speed pitch predominantly like that. Um, but he the, the stats don't lie. Uh, I mean, I mean, watch the guy pitch. He's you know, really good. My whole life, I've always thought, yeah. It, it's, it's one of those things where um, – you know, your breaking ball is only as good as your fastball allows it to be. Um, so you're right. It is interesting when a guy really leans on a pitch like that, but I don't know. We'll see what, I mean, <laughs> you know how it is, Benny. Like if, if you're feeling one pitch for, you know, a couple weeks at a time, just run with it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? He, I agree. I mean, he's, uh, he's had a lot of inconsistencies in his career and it, it's, it's kind of weird how his early his early you know uh career has gone because he's been absolutely dominant at times and then he's also looked absolutely human and vulnerable at other times right so right well wonder i wonder what kind of guy they're toronto's gonna get out of him uh but if he ends up being the ace that they thought they acquired because they sent possibly i know Loz, i said lazardo was a big prospect to be moved at the deadline um but toronto moved austin martin who's a very coveted mm-hmm. third base prospect for them uh someone who in in I, I I've been you know getting back into the card the sports card you know hobby. Austin Martin is a very sought after prospect. His Bowman cards are very valuable, um, and right. he's he's a guy that a lot of prospectors in the hobby for card collecting are are looking to acquire a lot of Austin Martin hype, and um, they moved him for Jose Barrios. Yep. And you know they I I know Toronto thinks that they're happy with the young core they've got, and so I think that was pretty indi- indicative of their thoughts on uh you know the, the guys they have they want to make a push sooner than later it seems yeah no it, it was a big price to pay but i i think it's um you know one of those things they're 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 too they're it, a good it, it team. Just, yeah it just and, seems and they like made this the move back deadline. to toronto i feel like that matters they just moved yeah. back to toronto something about yep. you know that that crowd in toronto really loves the ball that, that they that do ball club yeah, and I think that's going to help them. That's that's another underrated boost to their their efforts to get into the wild card. I think so. Yep. I if I ha- if I had to pick though, I would guess that these are the five teams that make it. The ones that are already there. I think I I think Oakland, yep. like I said, is is really good team. I think Oakland holds. I them think off. these yeah. five teams hold the hold off. But I think that like we said, the team that has the best chance to sneak in there might be Toronto. Right, I agree. And, and we're gonna move to the NL. Um, but I did want to say we. I want to circle back to you about the Angels before we we get on mm-hmm. before we log off on the podcast. I just I know I, I have some thoughts and I want to hear your your opinions as well because um, we haven't really been able to talk a lot a lot of Angels ball lately. But it's been an yeah. interesting <laughs> season to say the least for the Halos. Um, I, all right, let, man. I... <laughs> save it. We'll get we'll get to it. All right, let's go to the same exercise for the NL. Okay, so we got San Francisco, Milwaukee, and New York all um linear divisions and quick fun fact billy mckinney playing for the dodgers right now has played on all of these division leaders this season oh oh wow no wait no if the dodgers sorry if the dodgers win the division he's playing on the dodgers 
mm-hmm. then if then he will have played on each division leader this year, which is kind of crazy to think. I think that he's is the first crazy in history because he started the season with Milwaukee, and then right. he got traded to the New York Mets, and mm-hmm. then he got traded to the Dodgers. So if the Dodgers take the division in the NL West, he'll be the first player ever to play for all division leaders in the National League. You know, it's funny when whenever I see stuff like that, like deadline trades. Obviously, these guys are professionals and these teams know what they're doing. I always wonder, like, how much does a guy who's like maybe a rental at the deadline or you know whatever, when he comes into a new clubhouse? and you're going in and you're facing a team that you played for during the season, how much of a scouting report, you know, obviously some guys are more effective at that at others. Some guys just roll in and I don't know, but like, look, Hey, I know Milwaukee likes to do this with their signs or this guy, you know, his, te- one of his tells yeah. is this. I saw them working on this, like blah, 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 blah. Like that has got thought. to pay dividends. Interesting you know? thought. Yeah. Right. I like Especially that. for a That's guy like that. You know, the Dodgers yeah. are so good at gathering information. The, the casual right? the casual baseball fan does not uh, think enough about no. that. There's a, no. there's a subtle game about sign stealing. Like, they, mm-hmm. they, people think, oh, the Astros cheated. Like, yeah, they cheated by looking at video and relaying live signals to their, yeah. to their batters. But the aspect of sign stealing and trying to get a differenti- differentiator by, like, learning guys – Subtle mm-hmm. movements and sing- and mm-hmm. signs and signatures in their in their play that's existed since the sport's been around. Oh yeah, that happens that's every single pitch of Major League Baseball. Somebody's trying to pick up something. Yeah, that's a huge. It's a huge part of the game, and I think that it gets lost on the casual fan a little bit. Not to their you know to to their fault. It's just it, it, yeah. It, for a long time or at a high level just don't really notice that kind of thing but you you mentioned that name like that's such an interesting stat playing for three different guys at lead divisions that has got to be an effective um tool in the postseason you know the dodgers are getting the mix you know that he's going to want you know any player that's reached this level of the game wants to win so it's yeah. just i wonder how much information he'll have going forward to somebody that they're inevitably going to have to face in the postseason Good point I like that. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't even think about that. I just thought it was interesting that he's played for so many great teams this year. But <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? He's just finding his way within one of those rosters. Yeah. All right. So let's look at this this playoff picture. So we got the Dodgers and the Padres in the you wild You know what I'm going to say, Benny. You know what I'm going to say. Nobody is taking that wild card spot away from my Padres. All right, so... Tell, they can take uh, it away from for, the Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so for the purposes of it, let's talk about the, the Giants yeah, or, okay. or the Dodgers okay. then, all right? But, dude, that NL West is so competitive. It could be anybody's ballgame. Uh, and uh, the threat... Well, the threat of the threat of it is they could end up beating each other up. One team could end up beating one of the others. Like, the Padres right. could end up just beating the shit out of the Giants for the next three series, and the Giants fall out of the playoff picture. Like, that could happen. Like yeah, they play each other enough times, it that totally if could one happen. team gets the edge over the other, consistent, uh, consistent enough amount, then the, that losing team is going to be screwed because they play such great, oh yeah a, a great schedule the rest of the way. All these guys are so good. Yeah, no, that's a, that's an excellent point. I think it's it's um, it, it, like you mentioned earlier with the it might come down to game one sixty two. Um, you might get in one of those scenarios where it could be a toss-up between winning a division getting in a one-game playoff or missing oh, the playoffs yeah entirely. my whole thought about that I mean, my whole thought about that 162 was this division in mind this division is yeah it's gonna come down to the wire oh yeah and you know what and and i know we're gonna do this exercise but i wanted to bring it up before um who knows if if cincinnati if joey Votto and keeps hitting home <laughs> runs every game in Dude. cincinnati 
<laughs> if let, Joey me give you a stat be... let me give you a stat cast number for Joey Votto. So you, you stat cast measures, they use like launch, they do launch angles, exit velocity, and they incorporate all the stat cast data into, um, you know, weighted on base average, you know, you know, that yep. stat for it, it's, it's a very, uh, sabermetric stat, but it's one of the most excellent, uh, stats of projecting player performance. Weighted on base mm-hmm. average, they do an X. They do an X weighted on base average Statcast, and they include the more advanced statistic from Statcast. And so, number one and number two um, in the league this year. Number one, Shohei Otani. Number two is Max Muncie. Surprisingly, actually, because I think yeah. Max Muncie, the modern stats really love Max Muncie for how much, how many, how many pitches he takes, and how many times he doesn't swing yeah. at balls. But um, <laughs> you got Vladimir Guerrero. You got the usuals up here: Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Aaron Judge, Juan Soto, who I absolutely love. Uh, and then you look at the top 10, it's rounded out by Joey Votto, number 10. He's the mm-hmm. 10th best, he has the 10th best weighted on base average. And the rest of these guys are all studs that he's surrounded by, all of them. And the, the only other guy that's a pretty big surprise is Tyler O'Neill for the St. Louis Cardinals. He's been a, having a, a breakout season in his, in his own right. But Joey Votto is yeah. surrounded by absolute superstars. And what is he, age 30, what is he, 37? I think he's got to, he's getting up least, there. Right? Yeah. So yeah. renaissance season for him. Um Mm-hmm. Kind of like the Brandon Crawford of the of the National League Central. Yeah, it's kind of it, it, dude. It's in that same that same vein where you've seen a theme of some veteran players, you know, getting some last life out of their careers. I could really use that from Eric Hosmer in the back half of the season. <laughs> if he wants to go ahead and turn into the Eric Hosmer that uh, that won a World on, Series, Hoss. that'd be great. Come on, Haas, if you're listening, come on. Let's just put that extra oomph in your... Haas, I believe in you, baby. (laughs) Earn that money. Starting your chorizo in the morning on game days. (laughs) (laughs) The guy's just getting paid $20 million, and he's just like a slap hitter at first base. I'm like, Eric, I need more from you, buddy. That's so funny. And you made that interesting comment earlier this year about his defense falling off. For the longest time, I thought he was a good defender, and you look at his advanced advanced stats over the last year. They're starting to decline pretty severely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry to depress you, man. All right. Yeah. Let's look at this National League playoff picture. So you got, obviously, the Dodgers and the Padres in the, in the wild card spots right now. And then four yep. games back, you got the Reds. Five, six and a half games back, you got St. Louis. Seven and a half, you got Philadelphia. Eight, you got Atlanta. And then it just, it just drops off. It's the Cubs, Nationals, yeah. who were both major sellers. Rockies, Miami, Pittsburgh, etc. So, um, really, there's four teams that are going to try to make an effort. They were the fo- they all four made additions at the deadline. Um it's tough to see how one of these four can get past the five that are already in the playoff picture. But we'll, if you had to pick one, Cincinnati, St. Louis, Philadelphia, Atlanta, which one sneaks into the playoffs? Um I guess I say Cincinnati. Uh I, I it's just so hard to to say that of the five that are that are slotted right now that somebody's going to drop I, I guess I'm going to say Cincinnati because um, I don't know the Votto thing. I, I mean, okay. My heart wants to say St. Louis. Cause my, you know, my good, good buddy, Tommy Edmond on that team. Um, great player would love to see him make an impact in the playoffs. I'm going to say Cincinnati just because um, they just have the, honestly, frankly, only on the, the fact that they have just the, the shortest wall to climb. That, I, that's that's really what it comes down to. I don't think the Phillies got it. Um, I, I don't think Atlanta's got – they just have too much ground to make up. I don't it's think – too I don't far. Think, like, we, like we said earlier, I don't think four mediocre outfielders add up to one Acuna. Like that's not how it works. I, it's just not going to do it. No. no. Yeah. 
it's I not going like to do it. I don't think they have a power power swing their way into the postseason. Yeah, having a good bullpen is not going to get you into the postseason. Yeah, solely, solely having a good bullpen is not going to get you into the postseason. So right. I, I look. I think Cincinnati is a very fun team, and I loved them last year. And you know, surprisingly, you look at the best pitching staffs in the in the league this year, and Cincinnati is not talked about enough. They have the number one spot in pitch starting pitching WAR. So wow. wins above replacement out of their out of their starters. Cincinnati's number one this season. Number one, eight point nine, and it's not even close. Number two is Milwaukee and the Dodgers, six and a half, and Chicago, six and a half. Well, the White Sox. So they're they're eight point nine. So they're two point four WAR above any other team. Their starting staff. Cincinnati's been getting some great production out of their starters this year. I mean, you got Luis Castillo, T- Tyler uh, Molly, yeah. Wade Miley, Sonny Gray, who, who missed some time, but he's been coming back strong. Jeff Hoffman, Vladimir Gutierrez, uh, Tony Santilan, and Jose De Leon. Really, the, the the story of their staff has been Luis Castillo. He started off really cold and has been basically yeah. a National League Cy Young since mid to late june he's been incredible. I, I i love castillo that guy's changeup is absolutely filthy filthy um he was a guy that i wanted the padres to to go after last year um mm-hmm. when he was kind of you know his name was it was around this time was kind of on the block that uh you know and he ended up obviously not going anywhere but sunny gray i mean i i think that he's you know a, a veteran presence um that you know one of those names you know that could that's why I think Cincinnati is the team for me. Um, they, it looks like on paper, they kind of have what it takes. I, I didn't know that stat about their starting pitching. Obviously that's going to p- play huge dividends. If they can get hot and make a run, um, who knows? Maybe they knock the, the, the big bad Dodgers out of, <laughs> out of the picture, but I really doubt no, it. I for really me, doubt. Okay. So for me, I, I don't, the reason why I don't think any of these teams can take a wild card spot is because I think, like we said, the national league West is just too damn good. I think, San, I think San Francisco, LA, and San Diego all have a, a playoff spot locked down. They're too good. They're yeah, not going to fall I, off. I agree. And, and so my thought is the only other opportunity to sneak in would be Philadelphia taking over the, the Mets, mm-hmm. the New York Mets. I think Philadelphia, three and a half games back, I think, or three games back from the National League um, division title. I think Philadelphia yeah. made some competitive moves at the deadline. They acquired... A good, an all-star pitcher, Kyle Gibson. He's had a couple rough string of starts here after the break, but he's a good pitcher. He's been solid this season. He's going to give you innings. And they they added, you know, Ian Kennedy from Texas, who is going to help shore up that bullpen, which has been probably their major, their biggest weakness on the season. They've really struggled. Hector Neris has been awful since you know mid to late June. He's been just absolutely key. He's a sieve in the late innings. He he lost the closer closer role for some time. And they don't. They, I think they kind of shirted it up with uh, Ranger Suarez, you know, closing games for them now. Um, and then Jose Alvarado throws a hundred, but can't find the strike zone. <laughs> he's been a guy that he's been incredibly inconsistent. So the bullpen has been inconsistent at best. I know I used that word a few times there, but it's really the ultimate depiction of what that bullpen has been looking like for them in Philadelphia. Ian Kennedy is a good good addition for them. He's been he's a veteran president. You know, he won a Cy Young award right with Arizona back in the early two thousand. Mm-hmm. Like maybe he was nasty back so in the day. Nasty, yeah. Um, so a guy who's, you know, late in his career, been throwing well out of the bullpen for the Texas Rangers. Um, I think that that was a good addition, an underrated addition. And they also added Freddie Galvis, someone who's very familiar with the Philadelphia clubhouse. He was there for a few years. Yep. Um, and he's an underrated ad as well. I think he's going to add some depth to that infield for them. Um, 
I, look, I, I, I like like with the AL, it's hard to see how one of these teams could sneak in. It, it seems like the playoff picture might be set for a lot of these um, these spots. But like like we said, it's it's an incredibly competitive year, and anything could happen really. And right. I think that um, I wouldn't be surprised to see one of these guys, you know, somehow make a push and, and at least compete for a spot up until game 162. And that's the hope, you know, we really want that competitive, that competitive uh, vibes all the way to the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, I think in terms of the AL or NL East, sorry, it's um, it's going to come down to Jacob deGrom. If he can get back uh, on the mound, if he can get back on the mound, I think the Mets are a lock just because, you know, every fifth day that's, that's Good point. a game you should win, especially with adding Baez um, to that infield. Look, I love um, Baez. I love fans that like. I love the idea of Javi Baez. I just don't love what I see from him so often. He's so inconsistent at the plate. Like he. Just oh, for sure, he's he a big swing and miss guy. Just... Yeah, huge swing and miss guy. Um, I think it's just one of the. It's a depth thing. It's a. I mean, the defense is kind of a like whatever, but it's just it's just having him out there is just. I think yeah. it's one of those things that you know seeing him in the Mets uniform kind of helps you a little bit. Um, if you can limit the mistakes that happen on the, on the infield, take care of the baseball a little bit, you know, that DeGrom's going to get you, you know, six plus innings, probably less than two runs. Um, yeah. It's a game you should win. Right. And if, yeah. if Baez is going to hit a Homer, you know, if he, you know, goes one for four, the Homer, then like you got a chance with Jacob DeGrom on the mound. So if he oh. can come back, I think that the Mets will lock up that, that slot in the East. Yeah. For New York, the one thing that was a glaring weakness for them that they did not address at the deadline was the, the bullpen. I mean, they have the twenty the 22nd ranked bullpen this year, according to War. They're negative 2.9 wins above replacement, their bullpen this year. So I know Edwin Diaz has started to throw a little bit better. Yuris Familia, he's been nasty lately. They did add Seth Lugo back to their pen about a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. They're They're starting to improve a little bit there. It really felt like they could have used an extra arm or two to help them shore up the bullpen mm-hmm. in the innings. I think that that leaves them vulnerable down the stretch. They're gonna they're gonna need Javi Baez to be vintage Baez to be able to outscore some of these guys. They're gonna need some big home runs from him because yeah, we talked about how Philadelphia kind of addressed their major weaknesses, and I don't know that uh, the Mets did. They added a great player and Javi Baez, a big name, but you know it seems like they, that was just. The the name that the, that they the guy that was available to them that's who they got and they didn't really seem to yep. go out and try to address what exactly their needs were, kind of like New York. I mean, both New York teams making similar similar moves, just adding adding the big names right. the, the guys that were available to them, but they didn't really address their weaknesses. All right, so little little microphone problem with Nick. We're uh we're, we're back. We were talking about the New York teams, yeah. um, and really it just ended up being uh to sum it all up. What we talked about it was a very exciting trade deadline. Absolutely. a lot of teams got better. Yeah, a lot a lot of the contenders improved upon their uh, their rosters, and I think what we're gonna see is it, it's going to pay dividends in, in postseason baseball in October ball. We're going to see some great playoff games, I think, because it's just going to be all-star teams facing all-star teams, it seems like. Yeah, no, I mean, especially out West, it's going to just be one of the more, the you know, um, more exciting 
uh, playoff runs I think we'll ever see. Hopefully, you know, it's as exciting as, as last year and the year before that. I feel like we've had a treat of just like some of the most exciting runs in the playoffs the last couple of years. Um, we've seen some historic ones with the Dodgers, you know, finally getting it done. Um, before that, the Cubs, um, obviously – the Nationals, the Nationals. The Nationals, yeah, that was a huge winning their one. First World Series title, one of the they were one of the five teams or so I think that had not yet won a title. Right, dating back to the Expos years, it's just been a lot of underdog stories over the last decade of baseball. Yeah, and I want more of it. That's why I need my Padres to get in the playoffs and you know shock the world. Yeah. Right, I feel you, man. And I, I don't look. The Giants are a great team, and they're kind of a fun bunch. They're a little bit of an underachieving, uh, overachieving ball club. Mm-hmm. I like the addition of Chris Bryant, but. Look, the Giants won three of the last 10 World Series. I think they were, what, 11? Thir- or no, was it uh, 2010, 2012, 2014, yep. I think. And uh, Look, the Giants are one of the most successful ball clubs in in, in the, the league's history. Same with the Dodgers. Like, I want to see some new blood in here. Let's, like, let's see, let's see, you know, the Padres versus the White Sox. Oh, actually, I hate the White Sox. <laughs> <laughs> let's see some, but you, you get the point. Like, let's see, let's see. I, the reason why I don't like the White Sox is because in 2005, I'm still bitter that they beat the Angels in the AL. That was on that terrible call from, um, <laughs> terrible. What's that umpire's name? He just screwed the Padres over. Um, uh, I know what you mean. I can't think Doug of it right uh, now. Eddings? No. I want to see, I want to see, like, I hate Oakland because the angel the rivals of the Angels, but let me see like a weird Oakland Padres World Series. Yes, ah, oh, dude. By the way, <laughs> hey, when the uh, when the Padres finally face off against the Angels in the World Series, you, me, and my roommate, who's a huge Angels guy, is work going <laughs> all seven games. Dude, book it, book that right now. <laughs> <laughs> my guy, it's been a pleasure. Let's wrap it up by talking about the Angels because I know. We, uh, we we said we would, and I really the reason why I want to talk about them is the story of the season, despite all of this craziness, despite the trade deadline, despite some of these amazing teams making incredibly competitive pushes for the postseason and a World Series contention, the story of the whole year has been Shohei Otani. He, I mean, Unbelievable. And, and nothing nothing captures that picture more so than the, the All-Star weekend, the All-Star week festivities i didn't see a single interview of any player in the all-star uh celebration celebration every interview of every single player the interviewer said what what are your thoughts on shohei otani what do you think about shohei what he's doing in la what are you like everybody got asked about shohei every single all-star and i was i started to think like are these guys getting sick of getting asked about shohei otani but all of them seem to have a smile on their face and were just so uh, so uh happy to talk about what Shohei Otani is doing for baseball this yeah. year and it's it's cr- incredible and the I've talked about it a couple times in the podcast you just there's I'm a lot I mean I'm at a loss of words of what this guy is able, has been able to accomplish on the well game. I don't know Benny I'm pretty sure we talked about talked about take for an MVP um yeah an MVP we, award we undershot it. I was talking we to my buddy it. I said 30 homers undershot it by yeah. a long shot this might, this guy yeah. might have six humors. He yeah he he's on pace for like fifty eight homers or so. He's he's right he's right there. He might get sixty. <laughs> Unbelievable. Un, I, it's been incredible. It's speechless. I, there's not. It's it's hard to talk about it because I, I will say the Angels. It's such a shame because they have two of the greatest probably to ever do yeah. it, and they're just a five hundred team. <laughs> I know. It's depressing, man. Because what's crazy too is their starting staff is finally starting to pitch well. They just have no bullpen. They have no bullpen, and they and they have no depth. 
They have no positional versatility. They have they're throwing out guys like Jack Mayfield at third base when Rendon gets yeah. hurt. I mean, it's 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 embarrassing the way they've rounded out the roster because they've spent so much money on guys like Rendon, who's past thirty years old, and they gave him two hundred forty five million dollars, and he, he can't stay healthy or, or produce at an all star level like he was capable of in in Washington. I mean, this it's like this organization just never learns from their mistakes that they've made. I mean, Rendon is in the same vein as Justin Upton, the same vein as Josh Hamilton, Albert Pujols, CJ Wilson, you name it. Well, name after name. So on for it's like, how many times are we going to sign these guys past their prime and be like, <laughs> Oh, let's see if we can squeeze some more yeah. out of them and give them millions and millions of dollars to see if they will. Like, it's just, it, it's like, learn your mistakes, like draft better, sign younger players. Well, how about 20 straight like, pitchers in the draft? That was pretty cool. I that was fun. I mean, I addressing mean, addressing a major weakness. I mean, we're going to see Reed Detmers, who was the first round pick last year. We're going to see him pitch tomorrow on Sunday. He's going to make his major league debut against Oakland. I mean, a guy who's already had a lot of success in the minor leagues, someone who Angel fans are pretty excited to see. But look, he's probably still early in his development. Yeah. Probably, probably going to be a little bit underwhelming in his first taste of big league baseball. But look... It, the Angels need this type of stuff. They need to get younger. They need to get more athletic. They need to get more versatile. I say it they again, Ben. Two. They need to rebrand. They need to rebrand. Uh, just redo the whole thing. Like just, just look. Already, it's gonna start when it's gonna. That that's not gonna happen until Artie Moreno sells the team, and I don't think that he will. He's a stubborn old man. Someone who I, I'm not a fan of. And I I could get real mean about talking about Artie Murphy. I mean, no, I just don't like do it. Do it, dude. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's <laughs> it, they need something. They need a cleansing. I mean, like you said, they've made all these mistakes in a row. They've made the baseball mistakes. Clean up the other stuff, and then like try to work on the base because clearly the baseball stuff you got a long way to go, right? Like you have two of the greatest players on the planet, and it's not you're not getting it done. So like change the culture, change the attitude, change the unis, so, change the colors. They're so know. uneven. They're a terribly, terribly composed roster because they have guys like not just Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, but they have overachievers like David Fletcher. They have Patrick Walsh. Sandoval, who's been a, a very pleasant surprise. Jared Walsh, an all-star this year, been one of the most our most productive hitters in baseball over the last two seasons. Like They have some great players, and then they have guys like freaking – C-Shack coming out of the bullpen and yeah. they have freaking uh Dylan Bundy who has like over a six ERA this season like I know he threw great last year but look they should have sold him like that's an asset you sell at his peak price the the writing was on the wall in Baltimore a guy like that you know just a, a very uh an anecdotal evidence of just when Anaheim does not the Angels do not understand when to sell high when to buy low how do you evaluate talent? And they just do a poor job at player development in their minor leagues, it seems like. And I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with you to an extent on the rebranding, but they do have they have a lot of things coming in their way with, uh, you know, ballpark development. They're developing the, the, uh, the outer parking lot area. They're going to make like a big shopping mall, like the Grove 2.0 or something they're calling it. And um, I don't know. There's a... There's a lot of stuff that they could change, and it really comes down to is they got to find a way. I don't care how you do it. They got to find a way to get Shohei Otani and Mike Trout in the postseason on the same team. They got it. You got to. There's no you excuse for you. Shot. You got to give them the the franchise. The franchise does not deserve to exist no. any any further no. if they fail to reach the postseason with these two amazing talents. Well, I feel bad for Donnie, those guys. The face of the organization. I feel bad for him. I mean, I wonder. I, I wonder. This, I'm so worried about Otani. I'm so worried about him because Trout Trout's locked up long term, and, and 
my my dad loves to talk about Trout theories, uh, trading him and seeing what they could get for him. But I just I don't see how you could do that. He's the best player that any of us have ever seen, pretty much. But you know, the only guy that's ever competed for that title, that crown, is his teammate Shohei Otani, yeah. doing what none of us have ever seen for a season now. And it's 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 like the story of the year is you know, did you see Otani's home run? Ah, but the Angels lost by six. <laughs> like, ah, oh, did you? Man, the the Angels bullpen blew it. But did you see Otani's home run? Or it's like, it's crazy, man. It's just, it, it's been a rock, uh, a roller coaster of a season in LA or in Anaheim. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's people, people who hate the Angels hate that they call themselves Los Angeles. I, I hate it too. This, <laughs> they got to figure it out. There's so many issues with that organization, man. I don't got to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just really hope that. Uh, Otani could keep this up going uh, going forward because it's been great for baseball. It has. I mean, really, so exciting. you talk about popularity of the sport. I mean, there's kids trying trying to impersonate Fernando Tatis Jr. and Shohei Otani, and th- that's what's going to grow the sport. That's what's going to you know make it a more enjoyable place for everybody to to uh, be entertained by. You know, baseball has been a sport that's been on the decline over the last decade yeah. or so. There's no down. There's no denying it, and. Um, Really, we're looking at a major influx of young star talent in into the league over the last five years or so, um, and I think it's going to continue. We have a lot of bright young prospects coming up very soon, and I think this is what's going to grow the sport. Yeah. I think that guys like Shohei Otani basically inventing a, a role for himself, carving out a two-way role that nobody's ever seen before, that's what's going to make the sport better. It's, gonna, it's what's going to make young kids dream about uh, maybe they could be the next Shohei, Shohei Otani playing in their little league fields. They're 12 years old, p- playing you know shortstop, p- trying to pitch games. Like that's what's yeah. gonna get. Let me ask you this, Benny. You know, Does Shohei Otani's presence in Major League Baseball lean the league towards bringing in a universal DH? Um, I think so. I think baseball has already been leaning towards the DH. And um, one thing that I heard that was very interesting in the way uh, um, to bring it back to the trade deadline, the, the Cubs sold a lot of their best players, the big power hitters, and bought a lot of young prospects who are contact hitters. And the theory was that the GM is getting intel from the former GM, Theo Epstein, that the sport is starting to move towards trying to implement some sort of subtle rules or some sort of changes to the baseballs. I think that I've, I've suggested that they should actually move fences back across the sport. And I think that they should reduce the amount of home runs. And I think that the theory is that Baseball is going to try to emphasize the importance of contact hitting, putting the ball in play because the sports, we've all seen it. If you follow baseball, everybody knows the big thing nowadays is home runs, lifting the ball in the air. That's what hitters are trying to do. That's why we're seeing strikeout totals sky skyrocket. It's it's not, it's absurd. Yeah. The, the strikeout totals. It's like, it's, we're, we're going to set another record this season for the most strikeouts ever in a year yeah. across the sport. It's it's, and it's by like two or 3000. You think it's not shift? even close. What do you think they do about the shift? The shift is a, is another animal in its own right. I think that I think that they should do something about it. I, in my opinion, they should do like you can't have more than three. Yeah, two guys uh, on each more, side. Can't more more than two guys on each yeah, side. Why not? I think that you could you could have a guy up the middle maybe, but I, I don't think they should be allowing three guys on one side of the infield. But my thought was, you know, Theo Epstein said this on the Bill Simmons podcast uh, maybe last month that in in baseball surveys. Major League Baseball is finding that fans and spectators of the sport who consume it on a regular basis. The most exciting plays, the plays that they find most enjoyable are triples and inside the park home runs. Those are what the fans love most. Those are the most exciting plays in the sport. 
and we're not seeing enough of them. And I think if that's I think if that's the case, if baseball is going to try to increase the amounts of triples and inside the parkers, they're going to have to move the fences back, and they're going to have to encourage people to be more athletic and and run faster. Yeah. And I think that that would be an interesting movement in the sport. I think it would be pretty interesting. But that's good. That's kind of a ways down the road. That's good. That's something that's going to take generations of adjustments and decades of kind of rule adjustments and changes. But I thought I was intrigued by the thought of that. I thought that. You know, we 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 want to talk about home runs. We love we love the long ball, but you know, it's pretty cool when a guy's trying to leg out a triple, trying to leg out yeah, a home run, slides really? in head first, gets all pumped up. It's it's what makes base. It's it's really the foundation of what we grew to love in the sport as kids. Yeah. Well, you also know. when you reduce the strikeouts, you get more exciting defense too, and that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Nick, this was a lot of fun, buddy. Thank you for yeah, doing it. Always it's a really pleasure, man. This is great. I, yeah. I love going tit for tat and, you know, counting with somebody that knows more than I do. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's always a good. Dude, I, I wouldn't always say that. You know, we, we compliment each other. Yeah. There you go. That's a better way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, I'm rooting for you and your Padres. I'll, uh, I'll be cheering for you alongside, you know, as, as an Angels fan, I don't really have that much hope for the rest of our, our season. And uh, I'm really just rooting for the Padres for you. And I'm rooting for a competitive year. Um, we saw a lot of player movement, exciting names, an incredible trade deadline. And uh, I think, like I said, it's going to just be a great depiction of, of what we're going to see come October. I just really want to see some exciting ball and really love talking with about it with you here on Vicious Talk, buddy. Thanks, Benny. Appreciate it. All right, man. All right. Anything you want to plug before we head out? Um, any, any social media you want, to, want people to follow? Yeah. Any uh, Anything you got going on you want to promote? Um, no, nah, follow me on Twitter, BaseballNick25, no K and Nick. That's BaseballNIC25 on Twitter. All right, buddy. That's going to do it here for Vicious Talk with Benny P. Thanks, Nick. I appreciate it. All right, it. man. See ya. Okay, that's a wrap here for episode 71 of Vicious Talk with Benny P. Thank you once again to my cousin Nick Barrow for joining me on this episode of of the podcast we had a lot of fun discussing clearly a topic that we're the two of us are very passionate about and we were very excited to you know vent some of our feelings and thoughts on the subject and hope you guys all enjoyed listening please don't forget to subscribe rate and review vicious talk on all your podcast platforms we're on all of them seriously spotify apple podcast soundcloud podcast one pod bean i saw us on we're on all of them so check us out there please subscribe rate and review like i mentioned also go to allthingsanalysis.com. Vicious Talk is the featured podcast of the All Things Analysis Network. We have a lot of exciting things coming up for All Things Analysis, especially football season. We have some great analysis. We were Connor and I were really great at handicapping some football uh, last year, and we're looking forward to another exciting season of the NFL coming up very soon. Don't forget to listen to our podcasts coming up to prepare yourself for the upcoming season. That's going to do it here for Episode 71 of Vicious Talk. Don't forget to ask yourself at the end of the day, are you vicious?